Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am super excited about my guest today. I, Zach and I have known each other for, I'd say a couple years now. Um, he, we were talking before we hit record and he was actually my first paid proofreading client. Um, and the, the fact that he came back um, meant a lot. Um, and so I, I've read, I would say read um, pretty much everything that he's written, I believe. Um, I, I think his, his, the series that I got to proofread, um, for him was his debut series. Um, and it was amazing. So we are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his new series uh, that he has coming out that is amazing as well. So, um, he is, um, a, a really fun author. I am super excited to finally have him on the podcast. I cannot believe it has taken me this long, um, to get him on. Uh, so I am super excited to introduce you guys to Zach Jeffries. He is the author of the Hide and Seek Chronicles, as well as the Angel of Fate series uh, that I believe book two is getting ready to um, release early next year, I believe. So uh, we're going to talk books. We're going to talk life. We're going to talk everything in between. So grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline. We're going to get started. Zach, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we've we've been speaking over email for years now, and uh, it's finally, we're finally getting to talk. This is fantastic. Yeah, finally, finally get to see each other face to face. It's, this is going to be a, a really fun chat. It, I think, honestly, keeping ourselves to only one hour <laughs> It's probably, probably going to be um, one of the most difficult chats um, I, I think that I, I have ever had to do um, to keep to one hour, simply because we've got like two years of <laughs> catching right. up, of, of friendship and, and working together and, and all of that to catch up on. Um, I, I do want to real quick uh, make a note that you said you have... Um, workers in your house and a um a dog who may bark uh so just want to warn the listeners there may be a little bit extra noise on um, zach's end but again i don't edit so um i just wanted to warn you guys um that if there is a little bit of extra noise i am really sorry about that um he does have a, a headset and a microphone on so hopefully um we won't have too much um extraneous noise um, but I just wanted to put that warning out there just in case, because I won't know how to make it go away. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay, so real quick before we get started, um, I, I have moved this segment to the middle of episodes before, and I um, hate doing that. But um, so real quick, before we get started, um, just kind of introduce yourselves um, a little bit, yourselves, really. Um, you're plural, apparently, now, um, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> introduce yourself um, a little bit to our listeners and uh, just kind of let us know when you started writing, why you started writing, and one or two things that inspire you. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's fine to refer to me as plural. I do have more than one pen name, so that absolutely works. Oh, well, there um, you go. <laughs> I uh, have always written something. 
I used to write a lot of like sketches. I used to try to write some like screenplays and plays. I went to uh, college for, I did a lot of theater in college. So I wrote a lot of plays then. Um, I kind of didn't buckle down. Oh, fan fiction. Don't, I can't forget that. Uh, but I didn't really buckle down and really uh, start working on novels until National Novel Writing Month in 2013. And uh, I failed at that a couple of years. And then 2016, it really picked up and I started finishing books. And uh, I've been pumping out like two or three a year since then. Um, I write middle grade sci-fi under the name Z Jeffries. And that's what the Hide and Seek Chronicles uh, is out under. And then I wanted to move on to something uh, a little more grown up, not, not necessarily like spicy or anything, but, um, uh, something a little more mature than, than the middle grade stuff. So I write fantasy, uh, YA, uh, usually with a little bit of romance, but again, sweet, not spicy. Uh, and that's under the name Zachary Jeffries. And then for the past year I did, I created uh, a bunch of writing prompts and there was like this little community uh, that started on TikTok uh, commenting and using these writing prompts. And it's really writing prompts for writers who don't like writing prompts. And by popular demand, we collected those and put them out as a book. And just to keep things more confusing, that is under Zach. Jeffries. So uh, I do not mind being referred to as plural. Uh, yeah, and the, this is, that's what I have. And I, I'm one of those guys that I, I pull inspiration from anywhere. Um, the hide and seek series came from being a bored teenager down in Georgia, mowing lawns and just these huge lawns and spending hours and just letting my mind wander and kind of tell myself stories. And I came up with this idea of what if there was this giant government game of hide and seek happening all around me, but I couldn't see it. Uh, and then that ultimately became the hide and seek chronicles. And then I've had inspiration from all kinds of things from uh, I, I've seen movies and then thought, Hey, what if this was about wizards instead of police officers? Uh, the Angel of Fate series really was me digging into one of my favorite subgenres to read, which is um, YA fantasy romance, like the the Maggie Stiefvater and Holly Black and uh, some of those books, and see what my take on it would would be. And that's that's how I came up with uh, uh, Angel of Fate, and uh, yeah, coming up in 2024, Angel of Gods and. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of get inspiration from everywhere and it, it, it feels like I've been writing forever, but I've been writing novels or at least finishing them since uh, 2016. Just finishing them. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's um, the, I, I like how you mentioned you've been finishing them um, since this particular time uh, because I, you know, we, I, I've mentioned multiple times, you know, on the podcast and in various places that, you know, I have ADHD and I was recently diagnosed just a couple of years ago. And one of the, the traits of someone with ADHD is zero follow through. We have, you know, typically, um, Someone with ADHD has tons of creative energy um, and they are the idea people uh, typically uh, in a group, mm. um, but they struggle with finishing that idea and seeing that idea through to the end. And, you know, I... I credit my husband a lot with the the success of the picky bookworm um, because if it were not for his encouragement, that zero follow through 
probably would have kicked in by now. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes um, sense. And I, you know, went because when the you we constantly go after the new dopamine hits, mm-hmm. and that's why we are constantly hunting down down new ideas and hunting down, you know, because when that dopamine starts to wear off, and when the the boredom of you mean I actually have to finish this project? I have to finish a book? I have to, you know, when the dopamine starts to wear off, we start looking for more stimulation and we start looking for the next idea. And we, you know, and so the, you know, my husband's encouragement and my husband's just support through, you know, everything, um, you know, because I started the Piggy Bookworm on free WordPress um, in 2019. In May of 2019 was when I posted my first book review. Absolute dumpster fire of a book <laughs> review. Um, I still have it posted. Um, I still have it up because I I like going back and basically rereading it and just kind of giving myself that reminder of where I've come come to and where I've come from. But, you know, I started on free WordPress and just over time, I, you know, it just kind of grew and I, you know, had this idea and that idea. And, you know, when I had my first author reach out to me to have me review um, his book for him, his name was David Billingsley. I, I remember the name of the book was The Connection. He reached out to me on Twitter and you know, I, that was the first indication that I had of, you mean I could actually like work with authors? Like what, what, what is this about? Like I can be friends with authors, What it, you know, and you know, I don't know if you're, um, old enough to remember a time when Amazon did not exist. Um, but when I was a kid, libraries were, you know, libraries and bookstores were pretty much the only place you could get books. The internet did not exist when I was a kid, everybody. Just saying. <laughs> um, and I I did not have internet until I was in high school. Um, we're talking like 95, 96. Um, computers existed, sort of. Um, but the internet did not really exist and it was dial up. I don't know if you guys remember that horrible noise, um, (laughs) that it still causes PTSD in some people. Um, it was, oh, it was absolutely horrible. And so, I mean, there, the idea of just blogging or, you know, being able to just hop online or anything like that didn't exist. And so if you couldn't find a book in the library or the bookstore, which typically meant if it was not published by one of the big five, it did not exist for you. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know when I started the Picky Bookworm, I didn't know anything about indie books. I didn't know <clears throat> how to figure out if a book was self-published. I, you know... The pretty much the only way that I even really had any indication of whether a book was self-published was, well, this book has a lot of typos and some grammar errors. It's probably self-published. Mm-hmm. That makes me sound like a horrible person, but that was pretty much the only indication that I ever really had. I didn't, you know, couldn't really. And. So when when David reached out to me to review his book for him, holy crap, you mean I could actually like be friends with authors and like these these far off ethereal beings that just kind of exist in my daydreams? I can like talk to them and like be friends with them and I mean it was so exciting and so there was that second dopamine hit. And, you know, so, you know, it was just, but I gradually just kind of keep adding different things to the picky bookworm 
on purpose <laughs> to continue to get those dopamine hits um, while keeping my business going because zero follow through it, it's it's a thing and it's a struggle and it's a daily daily thing so um your point back to your original point of commenting that you've been finishing books um for seven seven years um that's that's a thing um and it it deserves huge kudos and it deserves huge huge props and and congratulations um because i'm sure that there are a lot of authors out there that can't say the same thing they're mm -hmm. still authors because they're still writing and they are still working at it and they are still trying um so I'm not going to say those people aren't authors because they didn't finish a book. I am not saying that. Um, but it still, it takes a lot sometimes to actually finish a book. And yeah. it's, it's a lot of work, you know, especially if you have, you know, a day job or family or, you know, other commitments that you have to, um, that you have to commit to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, what... Um, since you do, um, have a, a family and a dog, um, and a house and <laughs> probably a day job, what does your writing process look like and what, um, what does a, like a day in the life look like when you're trying to write and finish a book? Uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, the, the stay at home uh with my kid and then i also uh work nights and weekends and so i pretty much steal minutes when i can um when my daughter goes off to school each day i kind of set myself up you know get dishes going get laundry going um put together whatever my plan is for dinner and then with whatever time is left I will write until she is ready to come home. Um, and then when she is around, that's when I get stuff done around the house. And then pretty much once everyone goes to sleep, I'm doing my writing or marketing for the rest of the evening until I go to sleep. So I'm, I'm the last one to bed in the house. And yeah, it really is just... Uh, catching moments when I can. And I kind of really worked on training myself to do that um, before uh, we had our kid, just knowing that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, there would be nights when, you know, someone's up sick. There would be days when a kid's home from school and it, there was not just going to be dependable time. So rather than getting myself, rather than training myself to sit down and have a dedicated space and, you know, uh, uh, have certain things that I have to have in my environment. I kind of really worked on just writing where I could. And my first couple of books that I wrote were probably half or more written on my phone. Uh, I use Google Docs so I can get to them anywhere. Um, when I am at work, uh, I'm known as the guy that I take my breaks uh, and my lunches by a computer, and I type the entire time. Uh, so yeah, I just it's it's chaotic and messy, and I just I just put down words whenever the opportunity arises. Um, yeah, I love the the training yourself to to write in in any environment. Um, I I have I have tried that. Um, I, I don't know that it works very well for me. Um, but what, like, how, how do you manage to do that? <laughs> I would love some tips because I, you know, I have like my recliner in the living room, but if I, you know, decide to like come in the bedroom and sit on the bed, then I can't focus the same way. So, um, I started off, um, with consistent music, uh, and eventually I 
that kind of fell off. But that music is generally speaking, when I sit down uh, and start typing, uh, that music is kind of in my head. That tune is stuck in my head. Um, I do have a physical ritual of like literally when I'm about to start, how I run my hands over a keyboard. Um, that kind of, uh, I have a Pavlovian reaction where my body understands that I'm now going to sit and focus on this thing. So just repetition of those two things really helped. Um, and then, yeah, outside of that, just getting really stuck in my stories while the rest of my life or my day was pretty chaotic and just having to just knowing that if I was was going to get to the next big point in the story that was gnawing at my brain, that I just had to get those words down, even when it wasn't under optimal conditions. Okay. Um, okay, so let's talk um, Hide and Seek Chronicles. Um, yeah! I know, I'm so excited. I... Um, you had, um, you know, like I, I said before... You were my first paid um, proofreading client uh, when I started uh, the editing uh, arm of the Picky Bookworm a couple of years ago. And, you know, I had done a couple of um, free jobs for testimonials um, basically uh, before that. And um, you were the the first one um, that um, that paid um, and you came back at <laughs> Still, it makes my heart so happy that um, you you were my first paid, um, but then you were you were happy enough with my work that you you came back and and brought the the rest of the series to me um, to work on. I loved those books so much. I I did. I book one um, every character that you created. Um, I, I have to say that Diamonds um, was my favorite. I know. Diamonds Hunt. I love Diamonds Hunt so much. Diamonds, I absolutely love them. Diamonds was my absolute favorite character. And the, the way that you created the, the diversity without, like, explicitly saying here's diversity um, mm -hmm. in, in your, in your middle grade and, and your, your YA books, you, you know, gave diamonds, they, them pronouns. Mm -hmm. um, and you basically had one conversation. I believe it was in book one, maybe book two, one conversation between diamonds and chase Um where diamonds explained, I use they, them pronouns. And then that was it. You know, Chase was just like, okay, they, them. And everybody else was they, them. And um, so it was, there was no like family matters type, sit down, let's have this conversation about, you know, why we're using, you know, there wasn't any of that. It was just, this is, normal behavior this is you know the way the world is this is the way that you know we should treat people and this is the respectful thing to do and um i really liked that um about those that series in particular was the the way that you handled that diversity and the the way that you handled all of the various characters you know your you know, you, a lot of books, a lot of TV shows have the um, stereotypical sassy black character. Um, and while, um, oh, what is her name? Harla. Um, Harla, yes. Um, while she definitely had some attitude, <laughs> um, she was not stereotypical in that way at all either you know she was you know, she was a young black woman but she she was not like that that sassy type token black girl you know and so it was you know you had this this huge diverse group of characters and this huge diverse group of people 
but it, they were none of them were stereotypical. It was they were their own person. Um, what like what inspired you, I guess, to create the series and um, other than mowing lawns and letting your mind wander, <laughs> um, you know, what what helped you create the relatability, I guess, um, in these characters? And, you know, because readers like seeing themselves in books. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what what helps you along in in that and what helped you create those relatability characters? Well, um, I mean, I'm, I, I said before, I'm from uh, Georgia. I wouldn't say rural, but it was definitely like horse country. And uh, my like schooling was pretty uh, homogenous. Like it was, it was definitely uh, a, a large amount of people uh, looked and acted and talked like me and, and came culturally from, from, uh, the same groups as I did. And then I moved out of there and uh, really had my mind expanded uh, and became, you know, really good friends with, you know, all kinds of people and fell um, into different groups that were much more diverse uh, than I ever had before. And I've also been very lucky to uh, be employed in very, uh, diverse work environments and really coming to see that like how much of a good thing diversity is in a team in team thinking and um people working towards a common goal together um i did not want to do the stereotypical and i think you kind of touched on it and it definitely was more of a thing in the 90s where like the white guy discovers that everyone else is people too. And like, I didn't want it to be heavy handed like that. Um, I did want it to be a little bit of a culture shock since it is through Chase's eyes. And, and like me, this was his first time um, working in diverse groups on a diverse team. But in general, they say that middle grade is about uh, learning how to fit in. And when the story begins, Chase very much wants to be invisible. He doesn't want to fit in. He doesn't want to be the subject of anyone's focus. He hates that his his grandfather has been missing and he hates the the pity and attention that he gets over that. Um, he He's not like his dad uh, and in a traditionally masculine way where he plays sports or anything like that. And he, he really doesn't want to be under his father's attention for that reason and all of those kind of things. And, uh, the stories are about drawing him out of that and realizing that he can still be himself. He doesn't have to change who he is and fit in. And a big part of that is seeing people that are unapologetically being themselves. They are from, different backgrounds. Uh, They are very different people and they don't have to sacrifice that in order to work together, to work toward a common goal. I was very lucky. I worked with some fantastic uh, sensitivity readers uh, over a number of different uh, uh, demographics that are outside of myself. Uh, I don't write under anyone else's perspective other than Chase, but even just uh, having some a couple of real conversations and him getting used to people who are culturally different. I did want other eyes on it. Um, I pulled a lot of the diversity like out of my life, out of my friends groups and out of my uh, my workplace uh, and how people realistically from completely different uh, uh, backgrounds work together. And I wanted that reflected in there. And I also wanted a touch of him adjusting to that, but I didn't want that to be the focus. His arc is not learning that people who are different from him are also people with feelings too. His arc is seeing everyone being themselves and fitting in and that he can do that, uh, as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so I pulled up the um, the blurb um, to Chase the Boy Who Hid, which is book one, 
Um, and there are four books uh, in the series, uh, the Hide and Seek Chronicles. Highly, highly, highly recommend them. Um, if you have, um, it says 11 to 18 years. Um, I would say um, my best age recommendation would be probably around 13. Um, would be uh, 12 or 13 would probably be my best recommendation um, for age age groups. Um, but I know on on Amazon in particular, you can't really just get real specific like that. Um, but I mean, even if you're an adult, um, obviously I'm 42 um, and absolutely loved them. So uh, saying that the ideal age range is 12 or 13, um, that is not to say that if you are 23 or 42 or 65 that you will not enjoy these books because I thoroughly did and um, absolutely loved them. Um, I loved getting to work on them and, and proofread them. I was um, able to write a review um, for my website as well uh, for book one. So um Absolutely loved them. Highly, highly, highly recommend them. So I, I'm going to read the blurb real quick for book one. Um, and then um, we are going to talk um, Angel of Fate for just a little bit as well. Uh, the second series that you're working on, because um, I love that too. So um, apparently I just love your writing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's super uh, kind of you to say. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, okay. So here it is. Uh, don't run from your feelings. Run from the killer robot hunting you. Chase refuses to believe Granddad is dead. When he skips the old man's funeral, he finds shape-shifting tech, Granddad's invention, and the first hint of a secret life. Then his old teammates show up at Chase's, recruiting him to pilot the tech. Trusting these strangers, Risking his life piloting this bleeding edge technology is the only way to find out if Granddad is still alive. It all leads to the military camouflage challenge, a clash of billion dollar armor prototypes against clones and drones and a classified game of hide and seek. That's why the team wants to train Chase. It's also the last place anyone saw Granddad. If he's going to learn the truth, Chase must train, qualify, and survive the deadly game. Given the chance, he'll do anything to reunite his family, including double-crossing his new teammates or even risk disappearing himself. Chase, The Boy Who Hid, is the action-packed first book of hide-and-seek, the teen science fiction series. If you like fast-paced sci-fi, LGBTQ representation, and adventure stories for all ages, you have to follow Chase, The Boy Who Hid, today. So, that is the blurb for book one. Um, again, highly, highly, highly recommend um, to anybody listening um, I, I cannot honestly think of anyone who would not, um, enjoy, uh, this, the series. So, um, yeah, if you're listening, check them out. Um, they're not horribly expensive. Um, and I, I think that Zach, um, needs the, needs the support and needs the, needs the sales. So, um, go buy the books, enjoy them, leave reviews, please. Um, if you read the books, um, I, I don't think that I remind people often enough that authors depend on reviews. Um, I, I even wrote a full blog post on my website about, um, why authors love reviews. Uh, so, um, it's very, very, very important. Um, when at all possible to leave reviews. Um, I, I even try to remind my mom um, when, <laughs> when I when I buy a book for her or when I recommend a book for her, um, I try to remind her to at least go and leave a star rating um, on Amazon um, if she enjoyed a book. Um, 
she doesn't always remember, um, but I do try to remind her to do that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's super important, um, especially to self-published and in, in indie authors. They um, they depend on those reviews uh, to get additional visibility um, along with book bloggers and um, other readers, um, Instagram reviewers, that kind of thing. So um, all of those reviews, all of that support um, is huge, huge, huge for them. Um, crap, I just moved my toes and my cat's at the end of the bed. <laughs> my my feet are under a blanket because my bedroom gets really cold. And um, I think when I moved the blanket, it like jostled up against his butt or something. And so because he lifted <laughs> his head, saw my toes move and I'm like, crap, don't move the toes. Because um, I don't need him attacking my toes in the middle of recording. Um, that would not be fun. Um, it apparently he got bored with watching my toes so he's <laughs> back to sleep so it's totally fine um nice nice little break we had um there uh talking about my cat i i call him my co-host um because if if i don't there are some days where i can't uh because he comes in here and decides he needs to act a fool um so i have to kick him out but most days um if I don't let him in here to get up on the bed and go to sleep, um, he will sit outside the door and cry. And he yells and meows, scratches at the door like a dog, and he <laughs> does his darndest to make me think he's dying. Uh, so um, I, I have to let him in here. Um, so, yeah, I, I call him my little co-host. Um, he's... He's a black cat, and he's about about this. So he's he's not very big. He's he's pretty small. Um, but anyway, okay. So let's talk Angel of Fate. Um, it's been oh gosh, about six months I think since I have read book one. So you might have to remind me just a little bit on character names. Um. But I do remember just a smidge um, about the story itself. Um, we have our main character who is basically the son of the Grim Reaper, mm -hmm. if I if I remember correctly. And his dad is wanting him to go into the family business. And so he has to train um on how to reap souls um and when he discovers one particular soul um he figures out that he and you might have to correct me on this but he kind of figures out that he can't reap that particular soul without causing like irreparable damage yeah but, yeah he runs into uh a, a a soul that is an occult scholar and and this person is uh maybe even more powerful uh than he is so yeah so he you know and he is in high school so he's mm -hmm. young and um meets meets this girl um, of course, and um, kind of falls for her. She kind of finds out what he is, um, and they um, they kind of have this this little romance thing going on because, uh, of course, she doesn't get scared about what he is because why would she? Uh, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I... When you sent it to me for proofreading, because I had just, you know, I had worked on the the Hide and Seek Chronicles for you, I had no clue what to expect, um, which I, I never really do anyway. I like um, going into, especially for editing and proofreading, I like going into them as blind as possible mm -hmm. because it gives me a better sense of the you know, the author's voice for that story. Um, 
you know, because authors have their own like writing style and they have like their own storytelling style and, you know, all of that, but various voices and, and various ways of, of writing change depending on the type of story that they're, they're writing. And so, you know, after reading the chase books, if I had gone into the, the angel of fate series, with, you know, any sort of advanced knowledge of, you know, what the story was about, I could have had more preconceived notions in my head about what this, you know, how it should read and and all of that. And I just, I prefer to go in as blind as possible. And so that just gives me a better sense of the, the writing and all of that. So I had no clue, no clue what to expect. Um, love it that way. Um, I've read other books that way too, where the, the authors have gotten one in particular, she got an email, um, about a third of the way, I think maybe half, uh, through book one, um, of her duology where the email literally just was all caps. No. (laughs) And that was it. And I was like, I cannot believe you did that to me. And she, she told me when I had her on the podcast and she told me, she goes, yeah, I probably should have told you to read the blurb because that was in the blurb. Got and it. I'm like, you know, I'm actually glad I didn't. I said, I'm really glad I did not expect that. So now when I tell people to read those books, to read that duology, I tell them go in blind. Don't mm-hmm. read the blurb. Just go buy the books and read the books. Just go just completely blind. Here's a tiny little snippet of what the story is about from my review that I wrote on my, on my website. Cause I, I mean, I literally wrote like the tiniest of synopses um, on my review. Cause I didn't want to give anything away. And um, you know, I just tell people, I'm like, go buy, buy the books. And just read the books blind as blind as possible. Because I want them to have that same visceral reaction that I had. I don't want them to go in expecting the the thing that gave me that like super emotional response. I want them to have that um, that emotional response to it. And I'll tell you what the books are. Um, they're the Roots and Stars duology by Leah mm-hmm. Leah Talon. Um, book one is Falling Through the Weaving. Book two is Dragons in the Weaving. So if you like fantasy, read them. Just don't read the blurb first. <laughs> nice, nice. I'll do a check those out. Um, so yeah, just li- li- like seriously, don't read the blurb. I need your promise. Don't right. read the blurb. Okay. Um, going completely blind. Um, if you if you want to know just the tiny, tiniest of synopses, I do have a review on my website for falling through the weaving. Um and you can go read that synopsis. It'll give you like the tiniest of hints, um, but like literally the tiniest of hints. Um, but then you also have to um, email me when you hit visceral the response. The yes. thing. Got it. You'll Got know. It. Trust me. You will know. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um and then you will go and make your wife read them um, and tell her, <laughs> just read these. Just trust me, read these. And she'll want to know what they're about. And you'll be like, it's about a girl who, like, touches trees and jumps through time. Here, read them. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, literally the tiniest of, of um, yeah. And the, the book kind of like the main part of the story starts when she um touches a tree in her in her current time but when she ends up in her new time she didn't jump into the future like normal she jumped into the past into like i think it was like something like medieval scotland oh but here's the kicker different universe oh cool so it's an alternate timeline medieval scotland so yeah 
Um, but I, that's that's all I'm gonna tell you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but yes, go go read the books. Um, I I've been there's there are some books, and I I'm sure that you can probably think of a couple off the top of your head as well. Um, and because we actually have um, some time for book recommendations, if you have any, um, that you read even like five, ten years ago that you're still like, oh, my God, they were so good and people just need to read them. Um, do you have any book recommendations? Um, and remember, we love indie books here. So indie books uh, are always welcome. Yeah, uh, I am getting through this book, two of I believe it's a duology. I don't I don't believe there's a third one coming up. It's called. Um, uh, the the Borderland Princess uh, by oh, Ophelia sounds... W. Langley. And oh, she yeah. combines a lot of stuff. It's a lot of like uh, Celtic fae folklore, but she also mm -hmm. folds in uh, Arthurian uh, folklore. And uh, all of it kind of fits together in this epic high fantasy with some pretty great romance running through it and I, I i was really i was really digging uh digging that let me see what others i mean one author is um uh for sci-fi is charlie jane anders i love all of her stuff uh she's kind of an auto buy marie lou if i see her stuff i'll pick it up um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, the, I would say I would say those folks are my, my auto buys and and books that have that really that really stick with me. Okay, awesome. I yeah i I had one that I read back in 2020. Um, that was probably my favorite read um, of that entire year um oh. and that was a that was a lot of reading um that year i think i read i think i read 75 books that year oh nice um yeah and that was um that was probably my favorite read um out of that year but it was called um shadowless by randall mcnally and he had posted on twitter i believe that he had submitted his book to NetGalley, um, and it was um, one of the Read Now uh, books. So I didn't have to request and get approval for it. I could just go and, and grab it. And so I was like, okay. Uh, so didn't really know much about it. Um, again, I like going into books blind. Um, so I went and, and grabbed it and read it. and. I remember sitting down and telling my husband who doesn't read, um, so doesn't care if I spoil stories for him. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, so I can, I can just sit and like completely ruin books, um, for him, like tell him the ending and just like, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Um, and so I, you know, was telling my husband, I was like, this book is amazing. I was like, it's got the most original mythology that I have ever read. And so basically, the the gods and goddesses got in this big, huge fight. And the gods killed all the goddesses. So, oh, wow. Oh, so, all the, so all the goddesses are, are gone. Well, the gods still want kids. So what they do is they come down to earth and impregnate human women. They they rape them and, and impregnate them. Oh, my God. And the women, you know, always, like every single time get pregnant and every single time die in childbirth because Oof. of the... Because of the the power of the the child being born, they like they do not none of them survive childbirth, and so the the way that you can tell 
about that these kids are demigods, are the son of sons of the gods, or mm-hmm. children of the gods, is that they, when they are standing in the sun, they don't have shadows. Oh, that's super Shadow, interesting. Shadowless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, in the what the gods do is they when they impregnate the moms they impart some of their power into the babies mm-hmm. and then they wait a few years for that power to grow mm-hmm. in the child okay then they hunt them down kill them oh thereby increasing their own power oh so they get it back and it's so they get it back and they get it back with interest so it's like an investment kind of thing yeah so it's a it's a super original mythology like it's like super unique and super original and the the book is i'm not even sure i could tell you like how many years the book spans um, but it's told over the point of view of several different of the um, of the shadowless. It's amazing. It's one. It's another one of those books that three years later I'm still talking about, and I still remember a lot of it. Um, and I still highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, I probably don't talk about it enough. Um, I can't remember actually the last time I recommended it uh, to somebody. <laughs> Um, shame on me. Um, so that's another recommendation for you if you like um, epic fantasy, especially. Um, and the I can't remember the names of the characters. I am horrible about that. I will remember a storyline so easily. You ask me the names of the characters, and I'm like, um, uh. Um, let me go look at the blurb <laughs> on Amazon because I can't because I just I can't remember character names. I'm horrible about that, but I will remember like a plot line or a storyline. Um, so I tend to refer to them as the main character. This, um, just so that I can get you know get the get the storyline out. But yeah, it's highly 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 recommend. Um, that's another one. Um, that if you love um, epic fantasy, um, high fantasy, original mythology, um, if that's another one of your um, great loves in literature, um, is definitely a, a high recommendation from me. Um, so those are my recommendations. Um, I will be sure to put um, your, um, if you can email me those author names uh, that you gave me, um, I will get those in the show notes for everybody. Um, We've got about eight minutes left. Um, Is there anything that you want to tell people about the Angel of Fate series? Hello? Uh Uh-oh, I think we lost him. I am not sure exactly what happened, everybody. I am going to hit stop record and we are going to check this out. We'll be right back, you guys. I'm so sorry. Okay, everybody, we are back. Um, I am not entirely sure what happened. Uh, Skype decides every once in a while that it wants to be finicky um, and picky, uh, (laughs) for lack of a better word. Um, And we'll just. just stop every once in a while, but it doesn't stop recording. That's what bugs me, um, is that it will just, the chat will stop and me and my guests won't be able to see or hear each other, but it will continue recording, uh, which is super fun. Um, and so I had to run and, um, restart my computer real quick. So hopefully, um, the last like seven minutes or so, um, that we've got, um, we will not have any issues. I'm gonna cross our fingers. 
um, I did I did go and restart my computer, so hopefully um, we will be okay. Um, so you did say that I was able to get through my spiel about um, shadowless. Um, that makes me happy because um, I I was kind of nervous I was going to have to start that whole thing over again. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to, um, but I will just kind of reiterate: go buy the book, go read the book, everybody. Um, yes, okay. So we've got about six, maybe seven minutes left. Um, is there anything that you want to say about um, either the Hide and Seek, Chron Hide and Seek Chronicles or the Angel of Fate uh, series before we get to your socials? Um, yeah, uh, Angel of Fate is really uh, my uh, attempt at diving into uh, a, a subgenre that I really love reading. Um, it's it's contemporary, so it's kind of like uh, it's technically urban fantasy. It happens in our world. There is a hidden world of magic uh, behind it that most mortals don't see. And pretty much every mythology uh, that you know of uh, has some amount of truth behind it. And all of those mythological beings exist. So uh, Angel of Fate is the story of a grim reaper in training. Uh, and a young lady who finds out that she is a Greek fate. Uh, I am continuing this. It's going to be a little trilogy, but I really love this world. Uh, so book two is going to be uh, Angel of God's End. That's going to be out right around Valentine's Day 2024. It's available for pre-order now, and that is the story of two very different uh, witches, two unconventional uh uh, which is the types of which we don't usually see uh, uh, portrayed in media, but uh, it is it is their love story, and they are uh, secondary or tertiary characters in the first one, and then we'll we'll finish that off uh, with a trilogy that I am currently outlining, uh, maybe getting to for uh, National Novel Writing Month. But uh, yeah, book one is available uh, everywhere that you like to get books. Angel of Fate, I absolutely love it. Uh, I had a lot of fun putting together that folklore and seeing what uh, it would look like to be a fate uh, in this day and age. Uh, and Angel of God's End is uh, now available for pre-order. So exciting. Um, and I get to read it first. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, yes, you can be jealous. It's okay. Um, to my listeners. Um, I that's one of the one of the great um, perks of being a being an editor and a proofreader um, is that I get to read um, get to read books ahead of of other people. Um, the uh, my friend Gabe um, had me proofread uh, hit book two in his uh, series, uh, the Orchid and the Lion series, and I I was maybe like the sixteenth person I think to read um, to read the book, um, other than like beta readers, critique partners, you know, all mm -hmm. of that stuff. So um, I you know I was part of a a very small um, group of people that got to read the book before uh, before it was published and and went out in the world, and it just it always makes me feel, makes me feel so special um, that when I get to read um, books ahead of everybody else, um, I don't know why it just does, <laughs> but um, but I am super excited uh, to get to it and um, to get to proofread it for you. So um, okay, well. I've got a couple minutes left. Uh, where can people find you to hang out online? Yeah, uh, well, my website is jeffreysbooks.com, J-E-F-F-R-I-E-S. Uh, and then anywhere I am on socials, I'm also Jeffrey's Books. So I'm Jeffrey's Books on Facebook, Jeffrey's Books on Instagram. Uh, the place that I am, uh, mostly hang out is Jeffrey's Books on TikTok. And I even have a little uh, Monday evening show called Romanticy Reads that I am a co-host of. And we're always interviewing people uh, who are writing books or reviewing books or love books at the intersection of romance and fantasy. 
uh, we're pretty liberal with what uh, with whatever that means. If it has any form of romance, if it has any form of fantasy, uh, and that's just a really fun time. If you're on TikTok, come and check us out uh, Monday nights. And again, uh, if I'm online somewhere, then I am Jeffrey's Books. Awesome. Okay. Well, I will get um, if you can email me. Um, those links um, so that I can get those in the show notes as well Um, for everybody um, I will um, be sure to include links to your books um, and um, I will include um, Angel of Gods and um, so that um, people can go pre-order for for Valentine's Day um, next year Um, and hopefully um, I will be able to have you on again, maybe sometime next year. Yeah. Um, I, I still can't believe it took me two years to get, <laughs> to get you on the podcast. Um, but it was an absolute blast. Um, I, I am surprised that we managed to shove everything um, in an hour, um, to be <laughs> perfectly honest. Um but I, I did. I had an absolute blast uh, getting to talk to you today and uh, getting to to speak face to face. And I can't wait to get to book two in the Angel of Fate series. I hope plenty of people go and buy um, books from you. Um, do you have um, I know some authors offer uh, like signed copies on from their website directly. Do you offer anything like that? Yeah, I do have a shop. If you go to jeffreysbooks.com up top, uh, there, there's a little section called shop, and that will take you to a place, and any books that you order from there will be signed. I do want to say uh, very quickly, uh, the Picky Bookworm is such a fun podcast. It really covers so much as far as uh getting to know an author better, getting to know the story behind a book. But on top of that, you just leave every episode with just uh, a bucket full of recommendations and and fun stuff for your TBR. Uh, So not only do authors love reviews, but podcasts need reviews too. So if you guys are listening to this, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. Make sure you're hitting all those stars. Uh, If you have a second, if there's a particular episode that calls out to you, that speaks to you, uh, you know, copy that link and throw it on your socials and tell other people like, hey, if you're looking for some epic fantasy recommendations, if you're looking for YA recommendations, uh, throw those out there and let's let's spread the word on this. And if you are an author who uh, is is finding someone uh, uh, for proofreading to fine tune, to get that last polish uh, on your manuscript. Uh, I absolutely uh, recommend working with Pam, working with uh, the picky bookworm. Well, thank you so much. Um, and I will say um, as well that uh, one last uh, final note that I am uh, scheduling guests uh, for, um, I think it's, I think I have three, Three spots left in November and two spots left in December. Um, or I could have that backwards. Um, <laughs> I've got like I think I've got like five five spots left for the rest of the year um, to get scheduled for guests. Uh, so if you are an author, blogger, bookshop owner, um, reader, reviewer, um, book lover, um, anything like that. Um, if you want to hop on the podcast and talk books with me, uh, let me know. Um, you can shoot me a message through my, um, there's a contact form on my homepage, uh, thepickybookworm.com. Just shoot me a message and let me know. Um, and I will be thrilled to schedule you guys um, for uh, to be a guest. So um, I, I did send a message out on Blue Sky um, and um and I would like to let uh, you know, Zach, as well, that if you want um, a an invite code to Blue Sky, um, I have one um, available. So um, cool. Blue Blue Sky is a new social that they um, I think they're trying to avoid bots by making it invite only um, to to kind of avoid the 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 toxicity and um, and avoid bots um, being able to come in. So um users um have to invite other users so Mm -hmm. um we are given invite codes every once in a while um that we can send to other people so if you are wanting one uh let me know um and i will be sure to get you um that code anyway we are now over an hour (laughs) officially over an hour 
Um, but again, it was an absolute blast. Thank you so much for the kind words. Um, I do appreciate um, any support uh, that anybody gives the podcast and the Picky Bookworm. Um, I love working with authors. I love promoting authors, love promoting indie books. It's my favorite thing in the whole entire world. So um, any support that you guys um, give me is highly, highly, highly appreciated. So um, again, thank you um, for coming and chatting with me today. Um, once, um, I would say probably once book two is out, so maybe like mid next year or so, um, might have to have you back on. Yeah. Um, and um, we will, we'll see. So um, I'm losing my aversion to repeat guests. <laughs> so uh, there for a while, I was trying not to. I was trying to get as many people on as I mm -hmm. could. Um, but um, I am starting to realize that, you know, I do, you know, listeners do have their favorite guests. And so I'm trying to, you know, kind of get those, get those people back on and um, make sure that we get plenty of, uh, plenty of listener um, support. So mm -hmm. Um, I, I appreciate you coming on and chatting with me today, uh, talking books and, and all that stuff. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. I hope it's sunny there. It's not here. Um, it's cloudy and cold here. So, um, I hope that, uh, you have a great weekend. Um, enjoy your puppy dog and your construction. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.